What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's Friday. You're probably not watching this on a Friday, but I like mentioning that it's Friday, August 28th. Yes. Luis, my man, what it look like? What's going on, Manny? Uh, we didn't record earlier this week. Had a little bit of uh, schedule conflicts, but we're back. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Happy here. to be here. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. The baseball season's a sham, by the way. So. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> The yeah. last few days have been ridiculous. Um, yep. Although I'm in support of the movement, you pro- you know where I stand politically. I don't hide my 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 politics that much. Um, I'm in support of the movement. I'm I'm all for it. But can baseball fucking be a little more like uniform here? You know what I mean? Like there's well, games canceled on Tuesday. There's games canceled on Wednesday. There's games canceled on. You know, some teams are playing. Some teams are not playing. Can we just have a little uniformity here? Like, yeah, you know what? Like, in like high- we're just we're just gonna make the season fifty-eight games here. We're just gonna cancel these games. You know, th- I would be happier with that instead of what we're ha- what's currently going on for selfish reasons for my fantasy baseball team. Yeah, you know what? In hindsight, I think it's obvious that sports should have never returned during all this. Should have just I taken think- should have just taken the whole year off. Figured it out next season. Had everybody prepared. The only thing that would have sucked would have been hockey and, and basketball because they were in the middle of their seasons, currently doing their playoffs. I think they would have uh, – I think basketball will continue minus this uh, recent hiccup with them not wanting to play. But baseball should have never came back. Uh, football, obviously, is in a good spot because they, they can wait. But baseball should have never came back. This is, ridic- See, I, this is ridiculous I, already. I disagree. I think I think that what we're seeing with the NBA and the NHL is proving that sports could come back if done the right way. Because what's what's halting their seasons isn't the pandemic or anything. It's it's the social movement right now, especially the NBA. Yeah. Whereas in MLB, it's the pandemic that's been impacting all these games and so on and so forth. And and in the NFL, we haven't seen they're they're gonna play. They don't give a fuck. Um, but they're going to go through the same things that baseball's going through. Not only that, some stadiums have gotten approval to allow fans in stadiums. Can you believe that? That's insane. That's called, that's called money in the pockets. Oh my, they don't give a fuck. They know they have with the college football season basically being canceled. I don't know if, if all the little, you know, whatever's are canceled. Yeah. Um, they're going to have – you know they're going to play games on Saturday now, too. They're going to have Thursday, Friday. Saturday. They're going to play games Friday. They're going to play – so Thursday's going to be games. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. They're going to have five days of the week, NFL football. It's – I think it's ridiculous, personally. Well, I want to say that I think it's possible to make sports work with fans in the stands. Like, if you keep everybody, like, three seats away, maybe. Yeah. Three seats apart, nobody behind your row, nobody in front of your row. Somehow, uh, I don't know what it's going to look like when they come back, but I do think it could work. But um, what I'm saying is, I guess in hindsight, knowing that baseball didn't have this bubble plan in place, knowing that baseball uh, couldn't agree on, on, on the 50-50 split, whatever the hell the argument was, I already forgot about it. We're in September <laughs> uh, in a couple of days. So <laughs> I, I don't think baseball should have came back. I'm already over the baseball season. Um, and I, and I, I support people's wanting to protest and and sit out games but just the fact that there's already a schedule conflict like the yankees have to play 20 something double headers just to finish the season um 
Who through, knows no fault, the, through no fault of their own, by the way. No fault, no fault of their own, but for all we know, the intention of some of these players or some of these organizations is just to stick it to good old Manfred, man. The man. Um, I think that the, the whole conflict to start the season took the attention away from how to do this as safely as possible. And I think that in an earlier episode, I outlined a way where Major League Baseball could execute a, uh, a playoff bubble in Los Angeles and San Francisco, I think I said, because there's multiple stadiums or whatever. The, I think they could have executed a, a three-city bubble, especially since they're only playing against their regional opponents. Um, they could have played games in Florida where there's like, I, I made a spreadsheet somewhere. There's like 30 stadiums, ex-MLB stadiums, college stadiums, MLB, current MLB stadiums that are still standing where they could have played games. You have stadiums in Arizona for the Grapefruit League. You have stadiums in Texas, Los Angeles, like I said, or California rather. I think that they spent so much time arguing about the finances that it took away from, and, and by the way, it's on the players too, because Manfred it, wanted a bubble, and yeah, they, they, they didn't, said no. They didn't. They want didn't it. want the bubble. And also, Florida and California are not in the best shape when it comes to the, the COVID right. But if, stuff. But, but again, Florida—that's that's where the WNBA NBA bubble is. And, and yeah, you're right. They're not testing positive at all. And not only that, but within these bubbles, they're not just. I know that that some of these players are probably going crazy because they haven't seen their families in a long time and all this stuff. But they're allowed to go out and eat within the bubble. They're allowed to go play golf within the bubble. You know what I mean? Like, they're not just prisoners inside of their hotel rooms, whereas in Major League Baseball now, they can't even leave their hotel rooms when they're on the road. Like, like if the Yankees are, are as an example, because they're my team, if they're on a 10-game road stretch or 15-game road stretch or whatever, they're locked inside their rooms for, the, for those 15 days. They can't do anything aside from baseball back to your room. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that a bubble would have been better, but I think that they, they didn't have, they didn't have the time to think about these options because they were, you know, or arguing over finances. So in that well, regard, I agree with you with major league baseball. I think, I think a bubble would have been possible, but also it, baseball teams compared to basketball teams are like three, four times the size of a basketball yeah. team. So, and on top of that, you got guys like Paul George and LeBron James just commenting on how. They miss their families, and it's not yeah. the same. Paul George said he wasn't mentally in a good place until he put up good numbers in a playoff game. Go figure. Every every basketball player has an excuse. Um, <laughs> so we don't know. We don't know how it would have worked out in baseball. But again, this season, my fantasy season ruined, and I'm I'm being selfish about it. I don't I don't I don't care, man. Is it, was it was it the draft you had maybe? No, it wasn't the draft. It was Bryce Harper missing five games in our matchup. Turns out he's he's the he's the leading MVP candidate. Uh, oh, a little then, spoiler alert for another video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Baseball. I would I would be okay. I'd be I'd be content if baseball woke up tomorrow and said, you know what, we fudged it. Season's over. And see you next year. I'd be okay know, with that. I'd be okay because with that. And I think he'd be okay with that too. Uh, my fantasy baseball team would not be okay with that. Uh, but no, just, just, just kidding. On a serious note, the, most teams are more than halfway through. So I think at this point, you have to kind of fight through. Like the Tampa Bay Rays have played 32 games at this point. There's 60 games in the season. 
whereas the Yankees have only played 27. Um, and they're not going to be they're not they're not guaranteed to finish all games. I mean, there's no way they can guarantee that. What's going to happen if we have another outbreak for a team and the Rays finish their season? Do they have to wait around for two weeks for other teams to finish their season? So I don't think all these games are going to be finished. Uh, no. The standings are going to be all out of whack. The Red Sox deserve another oh, chance. Go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you went there, not me, man. You went there. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Or, or, or at least, at the very least, I know that, Rob, now they're talking about that they, they're going to try to do a postseason bubble. Ken Rosenthal wrote a piece about how Rob Manford wants to lock down teams in contention. I think it's September or something like playoff contending teams are going to be even locked down even further. Um, maybe just fucking say, okay, let's end the season now. Let's start the, let, we're going to start the postseason in two weeks. You guys can go back to your facilities and train or whatever. Cause let's be real here. I think there's some teams that are just not going to, they're not going to make the postseason. Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Like, like the Red Sox, for example, they're not gonna they're not gonna make the postseason. Mathematically, I think they're still in it, but it's not gonna happen. Let's be honest with ourselves. Are you are you willing to accept that? You know, I don't care for your comments, and I choose <laughs> to not respond to them. <laughs> the The Baltimore Orioles are starting to come back to earth. They're two and eight in their last ten games. The Kansas City Royals are twelve and nineteen. The Detroit Tigers thirteen and sixteen. The Angels are the worst team in the American League, ten and twenty two. The Rangers, 11 and 19. I think the, so right there, there's six teams that are, there's no chance for you guys. You're gone. Um, the Mariners, I'm comfortable saying you're not going to compete this season. You need to eliminate one more team. And I'm going to say that that's, that's where the hard part comes because what did, what did the Angels like? How are the Angels and the Red Sox? How do they have the same record? And they have Trout. I know Otani's not pitching. But what what did the Angels suffer in terms of a loss like the Red Sox did? We lost Chris Sale. We had to trade Mookie Betts. We traded David Price. We lost Rick Porcello, who's who would be solid in our in our rotation right now, considering that we have no rotation. So what did what did the Angels come into the season? Am I missing something? Did they miss out on like a did a did I mean, Joe Adele has not panned out yet, and they called him up. But what else? What else are they lacking? What 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 gives? Like the I had the Angels. Yeah, but wasn't it that same rotation to start the season? I know they lost Otani, but I'm just saying when you compare what the Red Sox lost to what the Angels lost, how yeah. do they have the same record? It's almost like I expect the I I I, I picked the Angels to be like the dark horse wild card team. Yeah. Um. I'm. I kind of you know, coming back to reality, expected the Red Sox to be bad because of, of everything they, they lost in the offseason. But the Angels, like, besides Otani not pitching, what else did They're they lose? 21st, according to Fangraphs and pitching. Um, they have a staff 541 ERA. Um, I think it's the pitching, man. I think their offense could be potent. You have Fletcher, who's dynamic. You've convinced me. Last year, he was your guy. Um, you have obviously uh, Albert Pujols, Tommy Lastella looks like he's you know kind of the real deal. Anthony Rendon, even Pujols has been hitting pretty good. Justin Upton is on that team. Your offense is potent enough. Your pitching is pathetic. You got lucky with Dylan Bundy that he seems to have found himself again. 
and you might be in a good position because I think the Angels are going to end up trading him and getting something in return that's valuable. You could get a good prospect or something like that. Uh, but other than that, Andrew Haney, Gr- Griffin Canning, Patrick Sandoval, like these guys don't do anything for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Robles was terrible to start the season. Julio Tehran hasn't panned out. Um, I, that's what I think the problem is. And I have something on Mike Trout that I'm, that I'm going to present to you a little bit later, but I want to stick with the uh, protests currently. But I, I, I question the same thing, too. Um, but anyway, let's move on from, from canceling the season now and starting the postseason because that's ridiculous. It's not going to happen. Rob Manfred is not going to do that. The owners aren't going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Brody Van Wagenen, the great Brody Van Wagenen, by the way, um, in my opinion, did a stunt to try to get in the players' good graces. I think that Brody Van Wagenen is gone after this season, most likely. Walk, walk us through what happened. And, and without, without giving away what you think is the, the trick here okay. or, the, or the stunt, but walk us through the... So you know how, the, how teams do Zoom calls for conferences, like if they're going to do interviews with, with uh, reporters or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The cameras, the Mets mistakenly quote-unquote left the cameras on for the zoom Mm. conference nobody was in the zoom call whatever like 30 minutes went past zero anything all of a sudden Brody Van Wagenen shows up on camera and he's talking to someone off camera and he's talking about Rob Manfred called the Wilpons to tell to tell him that instead of canceling because the players didn't want to play yesterday instead of the players walking out that they should go onto the field at go onto the field at seven ten when the game was supposed to start and walk off and not play until an hour later. And Manfred was saying, you know, that there's too many games to be rescheduled, that the scheduling is too complicated. Basically, it was a tone deaf like, here's a way where we can we can uh, show that we're in solidarity with the other leagues while at the same time not canceling our game, right? Yeah. And Van Wagenen was like, but he doesn't understand, like, you know, trying to make himself look like, in my opinion, trying to make himself look like I understand what's going on. I'm with the players. I support the players, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then he walks off and it gets quiet again for another 30 minutes. You had to go to that room to have that conversation where there are cameras and microphones, even if you think they're off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that 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 does seem odd. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, okay. it's weird. And he's gotten off of the players' good graces because he went from being an agent to a general manager. Yep. And it's looking like his 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 talent as a GM isn't panning out. I think he's gonna end up being gone as the Mets GM either this year or next. He's got, he's not gonna be there for long. Let's just put it that way. And he's gonna have to go fall back on being an agent again. So. Isn't this the best way to show that you're a pro player type of person? You know what I'm saying? Well, first of all, so he so basically you think that he pulled this stunt through Rob Manfred under the bus so that players can be like, hey, like Brody had our back in this in this exact yeah, moment. Okay, that's what yeah. I think. No, yeah, that's, that's I mean, this is part, the kind of conspiracy theory you would come up with. But no, well, actually, I didn't see it. I just saw that. I saw a a comment on MLB Network, I think, that it wasn't Rob Manfred's idea for that approach. That originally it was Wilpon, one of the Wilpon's ideas before that. It doesn't really and, matter. And if it was the Wilpon's ideas, wouldn't 
Brody Van Wagen to be the first person to know that it was the Wilpons idea, why go on Mike and throw Rob Manfred specifically under the bus? Yeah. I don't so know. Now, it, so now just to play a little, a little devil's advocate here, Manny, do you here. think, do you think that that approach was tone deaf to go on the field 42 seconds of silence, walk off, and then return an hour later to play. Do you think that was tone deaf? What the what, what the Mets and Marlins did yesterday? What they no, what they ended up doing was that they walked off the field. And they walked ret- off. They and didn't come the, back to put the t-shirt on over home plate. The yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't come back an hour later to play as as uh, Manfred or Wilpon, right. Mister Wilpon, whatever uh, suggested. Do you think that the approach of the, you know, the original 42 seconds of silence, T-shirt on the home plate, walk off the field, come back an hour later, two hours later to resume play. Do you think that that would have been a tone-deaf approach or do you think suggesting that was tone-deaf? I think suggesting it was tone-deaf because the reason why he wanted it to do it, want, wanted it to do it, the reason why he want, wanted to do it was to continue playing games so that they don't have to deal with rescheduling because they've, they've been dealing with a lot of rescheduled games with COVID and weather yep. and all this stuff. It's ugly. Um, and so on and so forth. While at the same time, looking like you're in solidarity with the other leagues and with the black lives matter movement or whatever, not even if you're with the black lives matter movement, just that you're in solidarity with the fact that, you know, no matter how you look at the, the Blake shooting or whatever, everybody has their own opinions or interpretation of the video that you're, pro not just black lives but lives in general you know what i'm saying like you don't want to see a person get shot in the back by police officers on a day-to-day basis um i think the suggestion was toned up for those reasons if if it was a genuine this is what i think you guys should do i think this would be powerful i i agree i think it would have been a powerful uh moment a couple days ago when when the nba decided not to play I tweeted that I think that it would be powerful if the Yankees walked off the field. And, and similar to that, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean for them to walk off the field and not come back to play. Maybe come back like, like Manfred said, come back an hour later, come back a minute later or whatever, yeah. just to show like a, a sign of protest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, to me, it was more why it was being suggested, not what was being suggested. Does that make sense? It does. No, doesn't make sense. It makes sense. And that we find out about it because Brody Van Wagner mistakenly walked into the Zoom conference and spoke about it for 30 minutes and then walked away. Yeah. It just doesn't, I don't know. To me, it doesn't make sense. I don't like Brody Van Wagen. Me neither, man. However the hell you pronounce his name. This guy's I don't too think, beautiful. Just I don't kidding. think <laughs> I don't think I don't think Mets fans, Mets fans like Brody. Uh, basically traded away the one of the best prospects in the league to the Mariners for an for an old Cano. Oh my God! And an Edwin Diaz who is terrible so far as he's been a Met. So I don't put it past him, man. The guy, the name just makes him look sleazy, makes him sound right? sleazy. He would do something like that. He would be like, Hey, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say, I'm Brody from Wagonin. Like he sounds <laughs> yeah. like a crook from a 1940s. He does, you know, he does, he does, man. And he's an agent, so you know he, you know. His hands oh, are yeah. dirty. His hands are dirty. And a lot of the people that he's traded for are players that he's negotiated deals for. Like, I think he negotiated the deal for Robinson Cano, right? So, so he's getting money from that. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that like a conflict of interest? I don't know. Probably is, man. He's found but, the loophole. 
the point is he's a shitty general manager. He's not, he, he's not good at his job. Let's be real about it. And, uh, he's gone. So I think he, he's going to have to fall back on being an agent again. And what better way to get on the players good graces than to throw Rob Manfred under the bus, the guy who all MLB players universally, it seems like just dislike entirely. I like, seriously, this whole thing that happened this week made me, made me envy the NBA more than, more than ever before because their owners are, are standing up for their players. And, you know, like the Milwaukee uh, Bucks owner said, and they stand to lose millions of dollars here because the players don't get paid for, for the playoffs in the NBA or in any professional sport, from my understanding. And he stood behind them instead of like calling them out or just staying silent. Um, you don't see that in, in MLB. If, if nothing else, you're, you're, you're hearing through Brody Van, Van Wagenen of ways that they want to show protests without having to cancel games, which in turn would mean losing money. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, don't know. I, I got, I got to be honest with you. I think that the NBA is behind the players because they know those games are going to get played anyways. If they were threatening to protest not finishing the season, but I think that's we would the thing. Hear they were, there were, there were, well, they were threatening not to play the season. And then Michael Jordan stepped in, who's, I think the only majority black owner in the NBA and uh, maybe in all of sports, I'm not sure. And he became a liaison between the players and the owners. And then they decided, okay, we're going to, we'll come back. We're going to come back and play. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the threat was there, but it never, it never came to fruition. But like, I don't, I think we would hear different conflicts if the player said, we're not playing the NBA seat. We're not finishing the season. Because yeah. they're gonna they're they're gonna make money. Those the games are gonna get played. It's not like those games just disappear and cease to exist. They're going to make their money back. If they found out that there was no games gonna be played and that all these slots in prime time were were empty because there's no games going on, I'm pretty sure we would hear at least one owner say, you know what, this is ridiculous. Yeah. We've given them this platform, all this, all this crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and think so. I mean as far as just to take this a little further, and I haven't really hashed out this idea so much, but it's been going through my mind a little bit. So I'm going to just throw it out there and let's see, let's see what happens here. As far as a lot of people talk about how uh, NBA players, athletes should just shut up and dribble and focus on the sports. Recently, I've been thinking about this a little bit more and I've come to the conclusion that I disagree with that. And, and for this reason, the reason is, that these are primarily, especially in the NBA and in the NFL, uh, African-American athletes who came out of situations for the most part that where, where these kinds of incidents are happening. in, So they managed to escape and they managed to escape and make millions of dollars and thus have power in that, in that sense. And the kind of power that NBA players wield is, I don't know if that's the word, but I'm going to use it is that they can walk off the court and make a statement. You know what I'm saying? Whereas other people, they're the, they're, they're the voice for those people who can't do that. You know what I'm saying? They have this huge platform. So if, if, if nothing else, I think these should, be the, these should be the people who are leading this kind of movement. And I think that's why I'm so impressed with NBA players because they're not, they're, they're not, just, they're not just, in my opinion, doing the right thing. They're doing the right thing and also not they don't they're not coming off as uninformed as as like a lot of people on Twitter and social media 
will put on like they'll they'll change their 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 pictures to like all black right to be in in solidarity with the movement but that's all they do here's what i did i'm in support of the movement so so that i look good these guys aren't just doing that they're actually they're putting up they're not just you know putting up they're they're what am i trying to say here they're they're stepping up to the plate they're they're acting and they're saying the right things at the same time does that make sense like they're they're backing up what their words are saying you know i don't think that anyone should be told to shut up when they're voicing their opinion right word all right so all i have to say to that is what annoys me about the nba or any of these people who are parading around as activists or whatever uh what what annoys me is is that you could speak out about being against what happened the other day but if you also throw in you know what i also don't support uh rioting and looting because of this you will you'll catch flack for that yeah so the same people who are against people saying shut up and dribble which i don't agree with are the same people to want to silence voices of like guys like Terry Crews, who isn't a basketball player, but he's an African-American ex-NFL player, ex-NFL player who has voices, who has a platform just as big as these guys. He's a superstar who has his own opinion of how to to approach this because he sees uh, things kind of people getting away with certain things that he doesn't agree with. And this guy want people want to cancel him. So it's like, I, I, I totally don't think, guys like LeBron should shut up and dribble. But I do think that people need to stop blindly following guys like LeBron, who has been a millionaire, multimillionaire since the age of 18 already, who's been right. on the spy- spotlight of, of, you know, nation- na- the spotlight of the nation for the majority of his life. Doesn't mean he didn't go through struggles or anything. I'm just saying he's not, he, it doesn't mean that he's this, uh, you know, savant when it comes to, politics and and what's going on in the world he only knows the world from his point of view and he has a right to voice that opinion but other people that also voice their opinions the people that are also trying to fight for equality just in a different route that don't agree with rioting these people are being silenced nobody is sticking up for them except for themselves so no i don't think you should shut up and dribble i also don't think that we should uh call people uncle tom because they decide that you know what they they had a different uh, perspective of how that whole shooting went down. It's not okay. He got shot seven times in the back, but this guy was resisting arrest. I'm not making that argument, but the people that make that argument shouldn't be silenced either because right. that's that actually happened, you know? So Yeah, yeah. And I kind of didn't want to give my opinion on the whole thing, but when I, when I initially watched the video, I'll admit the, my first reaction was I kind of understand why what happened happened because – it looked like he was reaching in his vehicle for something. So naturally, you're you're going to protect yourself. Should it have been seven shots? Maybe not. But that's a that's an entirely think, different yeah. issue. Uh, that's an that's an entirely different issue, entirely or whatever it is. At the same time, I'm seeing two police officers struggle to to <laughs> to keep one guy down. So to me, it should have never gotten to the point where he got to open his car door and reach into his vehicle for something like, and I don't know what training these guys go through. I don't want to say that if I was a police officer, I would have handled it differently. Cause I can't put myself in their perspective. I'm pretty sure that those guys 
went home and they're not feeling they're, they're not like, oh, yeah, I shot a black man today. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure yeah. they're beating themselves up on some and some on some shape in some way, in some on some level. Um, at the same time, from everything that I've seen to this point makes me feel like and I wish we could have a cop on the show to talk about this a little bit more. And I, I know that we've referenced Joe Rogan and, and some Marines that he's had on his show is that the training has to improve, man. Like it does. Yeah. Guys, you can't just like go and take a test, go go to the police academy and become a cop. You know what I mean? It can't just be about the numbers. Like, well, th- this has to change at some level, on some point. It does have to change. And I just want to say two things on that. And honestly, I don't want to get too political about this. Yeah, where, but how do we get here, man? <laughs> sports, baby. <laughs> I just want to say that we're talking about life or death, right. right? You ever, you ever, you ever sparred with anyone? And I got my ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, did you start? No, did you start? I didn't spar. No, I didn't spar. I was in karate and I, I got beat up by a girl named Tiffany Zapata, like back in back in like elementary school. <laughs> well, a couple a couple of years ago, I think you were. Yeah, I, I don't know Tiffany if you. Tiffany Zapata. <laughs> <laughs> we got to we got to link her to this. Yeah. So uh, a couple of years ago, I think you were still living in Jersey and we were in that softball team. Do you remember when we used to bring the boxing gloves after yeah, games? Yeah, yeah, of course. So every time I used to put on those boxing gloves, normal, the minute the fight started, I would start hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. Like my world shrunk. My lungs mm-hmm. shrunk. I couldn't breathe. I don't know what's going on. It turns out it's because I don't, I never trained how to breathe in that situation. And it, it, my life wasn't in danger, but it was a fight. So I'm, I'm in that, I'm in that it's mode. adrenaline, right? yeah. Adrenaline. So just, I would imagine that spikes when it's life or death, when you're dealing with weapons firearms and all that stuff right i can't imagine man i can't imagine and and the state of the country must be super hard on on people of color when they encounter cops because of the situation because of what they they believe is like this hostile environment for them because of law enforcement right but law enforcement they're humans too so you have to think that on some level when they're trying to pin a guy down to arrest him and he's resisting arrest you have to think that they themselves are also going through their own mental life or death situation and that everything is happening so fast and all they have is their gun to protect and they and they they have the right to protect to enforce the law whatever so on top of that we're talking about their training needs to improve that's mm-hmm. the opposite of defunding police because in order for the training to improve more money will have to get poured into police departments i think i I think it's a for me and i know this is a separate issue the defunding the defund the police movement is is confusing just like um uh occupy wall street um just like no idea what's going on with that black lives (laughs) matter like yeah it's because a lot of it is confusing because to me defund the police means not to no more police officers. No, but no. I. It means it means taking some of these resources and distributing it across the board so that the police departments aren't overwhelmed with every single problem a community faces. Like if there's a drug problem, cops. If there's a mental health issue, cops. If there's a whatever, co- like it's just cops, 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 cops. Yeah. Petty theft, cops. All of this is cops. Maybe a mental health issue should be should be handled by a mental mental health professional. A yeah. drug issue where somebody's coked up or some shit or or on heroin or whatever the fuck should be handled by somebody who knows how to, you know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be handled by a 20-year-old police officer, a 21-year-old police officer who just joined the force and 
doesn't have the life experience or the training to be able to handle all these things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, and I would agree that some of those resources should maybe, so this is, this is what I mean. Like the training that we're talking about for the amount of people that need it will either require more funding or the existing funding to be redistributed into that. And, and if you want to talk about redistributing like the mental health issues, funds, whatever, I would agree with that too. But then on top of all that, um, we're, we're slowly starting to strip away what a cop can or can't do to detain somebody. So right. I'm not saying that they should be allowed to punch, pistol whip somebody and, you know, uh, shoot them in the leg and then ask questions. Like, I'm not saying that should be the case. I'm just saying this isn't the last time a guy is going to be killed because a Absolutely cop assumed not. that he was reaching for a weapon or whatever, because the training already sucks and we're going to strip them away of certain things they can or can't do to detain a guy. So mm -hmm. I guess my next question would be, when do we stop uh, rioting and looting and postponing events for this and that? Because to me, and I just got to be honest to me, after watching the video, this didn't seem a, this didn't seem like a situation to me where people should riot and, and, you know, go, go nuts for this guy who to me looked like he was resisting arrest. I have to think to myself, this guy didn't value his life. He didn't give a shit at that point to me. Yeah, like, and that, it, it might have been, it might have been what you said. It might have been adrenaline. Like I, I'm in. It might have been, and, yeah. And the reports are mixed, and you're we're getting a snippet of the video. Like I'll I'll be the first to admit that. Again, I don't think I don't think anybody should be shot in the back seven times, especially by by people who are paid to to serve and protect or whatever. And again, I don't want to put myself in their situation. Um. But we got a snippet. We got somebody who turned on his video at the right time and recorded the situation. But what led to it? I heard reports that he was stopping a fight and the cops came at him. I heard reports that the cops tased him or whatever to try to restrain him and he still wouldn't stop. Um, I heard reports that he said that he was going to go in his car to get a gun. But we didn't we don't get to see all of that. We just yeah, we you don't know, anybody. I could go on on Twitter right now and say, I know somebody from Kenosha, Wisconsin, which I don't, by the way who told me that the cops said that they were going to lynch him if they, if he, you know what I'm saying? And I bet that that shit would just take off and people would take it as truth. You know what I'm saying? Oh no, like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you could Photoshop some MAGA hats on those cops, like from yeah. a Photoshop picture and people would run with it. Yeah. We, that's we were problem. talking. Exactly. We were talking about before we started recording about swapping faces and shit. And I told you about a reface app. Like, we could make it look like you were the cop who did this yeah. to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, there's, there's just, it's, I think that access is great, that the internet is great because we get to, we have access to the world essentially. But at the same yeah. time, it's a dangerous tool because the way technology has advanced, you can, you can cancel anybody at this point. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's dangerous. I think that, it's a dangerous I think time. that, I think that just like libraries are there for us to use, like wherever they are and people choose to not go to a library and instead do something else. Uh, these phones are, have given us the power of like knowledge. We could sit here all day and just learn something new every day. We'll never, ever, ever, ever. If we do, if we learn, if we try to learn something for every hour of the rest of our lives, we would never cover the history of the world no, or the history of every culture or the different spins on history because of the winning country that won the war or whatever, you know, all those, all those, everything we'll never learn it. But instead, these things, you know, we, we're, we're distracted because we get things like social media apps in front of us and we get, you know, uh, YouTube notifications about stuff that I don't care about. 
So mm -hmm. we're we're guilty of being we're guilty of letting ourselves being distracted being distracted on these things. But yeah, I, we're screwed. Okay. Wrap final up, question wrap on nicely. this. Final question before we move on on this. Um, would you be for something in which the social media apps before you upload a video of this nature, and I don't know how they would do this, but you would have to like fill out a pre-check, like, you know, because again, a video of this nature, look at, look at what it's, look at what it's spurred on. It spurred on massive protests again, massive rioting, massive. Yep. Also peaceful protests, by the way, which not, yeah. we don't talk about. But see, that's, but um, yeah, okay, it's, go ahead. It's spurred on the 17 year old kid going on a shooting rampage. Again, we got snippets, so we only see what we want to see, essentially. I, mm -hmm. I see it through one perspective. We spoke about it in the chat. Another person sees it through another perspective. But in reality, if we were to speak honestly with each other, we don't know what really happened. No. That, that spurred all this on. Um, these things are dangerous, too. So, would you be f in favor of like, somebody instituting like a pre-check like if before you drop this video where did this take place you know what con you know what context or whatever so that you drop your like i don't know like a way to to kind of vet it consent, a little bit more before consent you drop that, it consent that you may be you mean like a, a sort of a consent to say like I filmed this video, but I can't tell otherwise if this guy's innocent or not like, like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Nah, th that wouldn't work because people, people could just say, yeah, you know what? Yeah. This guy is, is you know what? Yeah. This was, this was filmed on uh, Elm street in, uh, in Newark. And, uh, you know, the, the cop, the cop is, uh, you want me to answer if this cop had the right to do it or not? No, he didn't. I'm going to choose to say no, but like they, they wouldn't do that, but I don't yeah. see how that could work. Cause then they're stopping their, their content. Like they, they'd rather have people free to upload content and right. then decide to ban it uh, than the other way around to have to vet. It just, it, it wouldn't, I don't think it would work, but this, it's a beautiful thing for social media because this got people all over it. So they made money on ads and all that stuff, but I don't know. This is, this is kind of where things are getting scary because we're, we're almost willingly giving up our privacy by recording nonstop. Um, and after 9-11, a lot of cameras went up and shit like the government can see what you're doing at all times. So I, it almost makes me wonder if we should just have fucking cameras on every traffic light but and see, on every corner so that we can see the whole thing. Because it would have been nice. Not nice. I don't want to see it. But it would have been helpful to see the entire interaction between Blake and the police officers. The entire like be able to follow that kid as he went through the night shooting people, whatever happened. You know what I'm saying? So we can clear this all up. So would you would do, do you think that an a common American citizen would have a good argument to not want to have cameras everywhere like Big I personally don't, I don't want it because I feel like I feel like there's no privacy anymore. Like, yeah, no, but I know I know I know that's not what you're saying that you want. You're saying like I almost would have to think that we could go that route in order to stop things from being so um What's what's the word I'm looking for? Like the problem it, is when it gets in the wrong hands, you know, like if it gets in the wrong hands, that kind of power could be super dangerous. You know what I mean? There's a word <laughs> for things like ambiguous. Uh -huh. 
I understand you're saying like maybe someday we have to get to this point. So things have to stop being so ambiguous so we can actually get to the bottom of all these things, whatever. But as a as, take, take another person's perspective. And I know you don't want surveillance everywhere, but do you think that a common person like myself would have a, a legit argument as to not want to support our nation going down the path of like, I think Britain, Britain is like that. They have mm-hmm. cameras everywhere China. watching every, yeah. Do you think I would have a good argument to not want to go down that path? Not saying that we that this is what's going to happen, but do you think that I would have a good argument to say, you know what, I don't agree that we should have cameras everywhere watching our every move just because... Well, so-and-so. the, the uh, China is a good example. Like, again, yeah. uh, this kind of power in wrong hands. Wow, this is turning into a political podcast. But with China right now, there's there's proof, there's evidence that they currently have concentration camps or internment camps for a Muslim population. I forget yep. what they're called in China. Um, I, I know I know what it is, and, I, and I, I'll, I'll, I forgot. But I and a lot of this about. technology is used to apprehend these people and put them in these camps. Face, to like, face scanning and all that shit. All that stuff. Um, yeah. So in that situation, like if we have a leader in this country, say Biden, for some reason, doesn't can't stand uh, Dominicans. Since yeah. we're Dominican, let's use that. So he's going to use all this technology to gather up all these Dominicans and put them somewhere to like re-educate them. Like we're going to, I want you to start thinking like a Mexican, not like a Dominican. That, that kind, I don't want to, I don't you want took this far. <laughs> I did take you took this far. But I'm just saying like, that's, that's how a leader or somebody no. can take that power and, and use it for yeah, the yeah. wrong reasons. No, no, so, but like, I almost don't even want to have that power. But at the same time, I feel like you, we're giving up our privacy willingly we're giving people permission to take our information and sell it our data yeah recording everything we do we're taking selfies helping people get facial recognition you know there's apps out there where i can type in like i can post a picture of you and it's going to show me every single picture that you've ever posted on the internet that you're on you know what i'm saying yeah i uh google my google photos app that i have if, if i have your name saved and every time a picture of you crosses my phone it stores it under that folder so i do have a folder of almost everybody that we know but oh, wow so that's, that's creepy so yeah that's like not and, and, it, and it suggests it actually it'll ask me like it'll have a picture of you and your dad and it'll be like is this the same person and i have to choose like yes or no but wow. it learns from that because it's ai technology every time you tweak it it gets smarter in hashing out who's who right whatever the technology is there Personally, I think he took it too far. So I'm just going to restructure the question a little bit. Let's but just I feel say... Like, I feel like I answered your question. That's the argument against it. No, the no, no. The argument for it is that we're already giving up our, our privacy. Yeah. No, no, so, but... Yeah, but why to, not just to, go, go, go ham? One step further. No, say. no, but, but, uh, but let's just say I guarantee that Biden or whoever's in charge isn't going to use this power for bad. They're only going to use it in cases like this where we need to figure out who's who, right? But the fact remains that the cameras are still out there filming us, right? Yeah. Not saying Biden's going to use it for the wrong reason, but the, but the cameras are still out there filming us. So do you think a common person has a legit argument to not want to support cameras on every corner filming everything? Like, do you think that's just a legit argument? Yeah, I feel like I, feel, I can see the reasons why people would want something like that. Yeah. So, so this is why I think that this is why I think everybody's so divided, because if I come out and say, you know what? No, I don't support this move, this new movement. Which, is, which will be morphed because this is what happens in America. We take one thing and we run with it. You have a guy that could say, you know what? Black Lives Matter movement is, is uh, anti-American. And people mm-hmm. will run with it, right? But let's say the Black Lives, Mo- Mo- Black Lives Matter movement forms into 
we want security cameras in the neighborhoods to, to patrol. I don't agree with that. You see how you see how everybody kind of gets all yeah. bun- all bungled up on like specific things. I agree that police brutality is a bad thing, but do I agree that we should uplift our economic system to to change it? Maybe I don't agree with that. Maybe I don't agree with putting street uh cameras on every corner. So things get like things get mixed in when I think it's common sense that you know, I don't think we should live in a world where where everything is surveillanced. Yeah. I feel like there's 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 a, a good reason to not want to live in that type of world. Like right. you know, but that's why I think people get so confused and, and divided on things that we should all agree on. Have you ever thought about and, and this will for real be the last thing, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be the arbiter of that. You might have something else to say, but have you ever thought about in Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff came out like what, like 10 or 15 years ago? Well, Facebook, when I was in college, I don't want to reveal my age. Facebook came out when I was a freshman in college, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's, I had, I was forced to make a Facebook in order to use my, it it was just a college thing. It was just a college thing. So, okay. Before that, it was a friendster. I think there was MySpace before that. Vigente. Um, but anyway, kids that were born around the time where these these social media apps or applicate or whatever you want to call it were created and their entire lives are recorded on that. Can you can you imagine when they're the ones who are finally the ones running for office and shit? You have their entire lives like you have their fucking butt pics like when they were babies. And well, that's what, well that, that's what that's what sucks, because like our government has the right to surveillance anyone or pull up anyone's or spy anyone's internet history or spy their webcam. Like they could tap into my webcam right now, as long as they have a, a reason to do so. What's the reason I've been searching, uh, uh, the cold war for the last <laughs> 10 days, trying to figure out how to, why, where we, oh where, where, the, where the Soviets went wrong or something. Cause I'm cause I'm a communist. Like, you know, like that could be their reason. So, they already have the right to, to look up anyone's history. And I personally think that everything that we hear about today is a, a private company who's hired to dig up dirt. I think that's what's going on. So not just that, but like if I ran for office, let's say, and and so my opponent had it in with somebody in the CIA or whatever, and they leaked out like what my search history, let's say, for example, they could say that because I, 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 I write little stories and shit. I'm a want to be screenwriter like i try to write stories and stuff and i've looked up like ways to murder people and stuff like that you know what i mean so (laughs) that person could come out and say like oh manny gomez is a murderer like how many bodies does he have that we don't know about you know what i'm saying that's that's that that would be the least of my problems (laughs) if my history ever got there because my xbox and playstation messages history when i'm trying to talk shit to people that i'm beating like in madden or mlb are horrible (laughs) so Let's yo, if I ever if we ever blow up and become celebrities somehow or we run for office, I'm screwed. Yeah, I'm screwed. We're gonna be canceled like within a within a minute. Yeah. Right, so let's cancel this segment real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so earlier we talked about uh the angels, and I have an idea for the angels, and I wrote a piece about it on Call to the Pen if you guys want to check it out. The Angels are the worst team in the American League. And we, I think we both picked them to be a wild card team. And earlier this week, I, I wrote a piece on what I think the Angels should do to 
A, just embrace that you need to rebuild and B, make that rebuild as fast as possible. And the idea is to trade Mike Trout to the Philadelphia Phillies. And I'm going to tell you why I picked Mike Trout. But first, I see your reaction there. What, what's your initial reaction? Uh, I see where you're going with this because he's owed a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, a team that would be okay to take on that contract would be a team like the Phillies because he loves Philly. So there has to be some like... Yeah, essentially... That, there has so to be a good relationship there. The way this all happened is because... About a year ago, I discovered a site called Baseball Trade Values. And recently, I started using it again because the trade de deadline is coming up and I'm writing pieces about trades and stuff. And it's a pretty accurate site. If you guys want to check it out, it's baseballtradevalues.com. We're not getting paid for this. Um, and it has a 90, I think 93 or 95% success rate with MLB trades. Like if you were to type in the Taiwan Walker trade that just happened with the Blue Jays into Baseball Trade Values, it'll probably validate the trade it'll accept it because the the way that they evaluate players is similar to whatever mlb teams does whatever go look at it yourself baseballtradevalues.com anyway so the way this happened was i saw that the angels had a horrible record i went on baseball trade values and i looked at what mike 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 trout's value is on that site and i looked at comps and one of the comps is aaron nola and that's not to say that that mike trout and aaron nola are similar players they take into account how many years in mike trout's career left um what's his money situation they take all of that into account and they they give it a value based on all that him and aaron nola have some have similar values right so the red sox here's not the red sox the angels my idea is for the angels and the phillies to execute a player for player trade aaron nola for mike trout the angels would Oh, Aaron Nola, like $27 million for two more years. And Mike Trout has $377 million left on his contract. So essentially, the Phillies would be saving 350, not the Phillies, the Angels would be, would be saving $350 million over the life of Mike Trout's deal. Ridiculous. You're getting a 20-year, 8-year-old starter in return. And if that doesn't do it enough for, for, for Philly or for the Angels, the Phillies could throw in Alec Baum too. Um, and, and in this regard, they're going to get an outfielder in return, a guy who is young, a top prospect, and they're getting salary relief. Um, I thought bomb was a third baseman. Oh, wait, he's a third baseman. Okay. A third baseman. Wait, wait, you know what? I don't know. Fact check. But he, let's make him a DH. Fuck it. He could be a DH. Anyway. What else am I going here? I'm going to have to cut this part because I have, a, I have a mental block. Okay. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to. Mike Trout has a full no trade clause. So if you go on baseball trade values, they're not going to let you execute that trade because they're assuming Trout's going to say no. Philly is probably the only team in baseball that he would say yes to because he's from Vineland, New Jersey, which is about a half hour away from Philadelphia. He loves the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a Philly fan. You always see him in Philly games and all that shit. Um, so I think that something like this, if, if the Angels were crazy enough to try it, would work. What do you think? I want to confirm Alec Bohm is listed as a third baseman, not saying he can't play okay. outfield. Right, uh, yeah, I, I think if there's any way, any team that can make it happen, it is the Phillies. Uh, 
it would just be weird to see the Angels do away with the guy they just signed to that yeah. massive deal. But I'm looking but at it, the Angels. But could we look at it similarly to like NBA teams, how NBA teams do sign in trades? Because if you're like Carmelo Anthony, for example, when he was a New York Knicks, the Knicks could offer him a higher contract than any other team because they're the ones that, that own him in the moment. So it's, it's kind of similar to a sign and trade. Like the Angels are going to gift him with this giant contract that he just got and then say, okay, this season isn't working out. It's turning out that maybe Shohei Otani is not going to be able to pitch. His hitting is, hasn't been that great this season. Um, and he's not owed that much money. So he's not an albatross at the time. Albert Pujols, you still owe him 30 mil next year. Um, and he's not getting any younger. Yeah. You just gave Anthony Rendon $245 million. You're cash-strapped. You have no flexibility. Your farm system is one of the worst in the league. Your pitching yep. sucks. Um, so with this move, you're addressing part of your pitching issues because Aaron Nola is a decent pitcher. Um, you're addressing your prospects because you could get someone like Alec Baum. And if you don't want him, you tap into somebody in the Phillies farm system that you like. I'm sure they have somebody else somewhere, uh, somewhere in there. And you're relieving yourself of almost $40 million a season after, you know, after two years. So that, you know, and then when, when Pujols' deal expires, you're relieving yourself essentially of $70 million. That, I mean, you could, you could rebuild an entire team with that. Yeah, I just look at the farm system. They're like ranked 26th, I think, in Major League Baseball. Uh, I already spoke how Joe Adele hasn't really been doing much since he's been called up, strikes out a lot. I think that deal would work, but the Angels would have to pick up some of his contract, like at least $10 million a year or something. Mm. Like that's well, then, the only way I can see I that think, work. Then I don't think the Phillies would do it because I, th I think the only reason – well, wait a minute, the Phillies would do that. Then I don't think the Angels would do it because – the only reason why you would want to execute this trade, the only reason why you would want to trade someone like Mike Trout is to dump salary, just like Texas and A-Rod in 2004. The, the only reason why Texas wanted to trade A-Rod is because his contract was too big and they didn't have any flexibility to go out and get more players because they were, they were spending all their money on one guy, essentially. Yeah, but back to the Phillies. They're already paying Bryce Harper for the next 10 years or however. So they're going to take on Trout's contract. Their team mm -hmm. isn't ready to, to win the World <clears throat> Series. Their bullpen sucks. So you would think that they would still want to make moves and add new players. So for them, they, you know, they, can't, they can't just get Trout to tie themselves up in money as well. You know? All right. Well, here, here we go. Here's where spot, right. spot rack comes into play. I think the Phillies have... For next year, they're tied to $150 million. Okay. And the salary cap is 210. So <clears throat> at 150, if you get Mike Trout, you're gonna be strapped for hundred and almost 190 million, but you're trading away Nola, so that number goes down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um that gives you about 30 mil to go out and get someone else and stay under the cap. And then the year after that, Pujols is gone. Well, no, that's that's for the Angels. Um anyway. So, yeah, you could still go out and get Trevor Bauer next year or who else is a free agent pitcher? Masahiro Tanaka. I don't know. Someone like that. Yeah, Girardi loves him. Yep. I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just trying to yeah. be creative here, guys. Don't fuck no, me. no. Don't, I, jump, I don't, can, jump, don't jump down my throat. What the fuck? I can, I can see that working. You know what? I, I didn't think it was like I, I, it's always possible that someone like Trap can get traded. I think it's he's definitely going to get traded at some point in his career. There's no way the Angels can continue down this path. 
Well, and the, the window is getting smaller and smaller because, yes, he's still phenomenal. He's still the greatest player, the best player in, in baseball, arguably the greatest player that ever lived in baseball. But mm-hmm. he's he's not getting any younger. I mean, how is he 30 yet? I think he's in his, isn't he? Is I'm going to say 29. I'm going to say he's 28. He's 28. He's I'm 28. looking it up. He's 29 right. today. Okay. 29, wow. 29 and 21 days. I'm sorry. Oh, I was what I meant say is happy today. Birthday, this was not. I'm birthday. saying like as of today, he's 29. Okay. Okay. And, and 21 days. Oh, and 21 days. Got you. Oh, no, he's 29 and, 20, and 21 days. Got and so, you. August 7th, 1991. So he just turned 29. And he's played for 10 years, and it's 10 years of greatness, essentially. Um, again, he's not getting any younger. I'm not saying that he's going to slow down anytime soon, but you would have to think that within the next five years or so, five or six years, he's not going to be the same type of player, in my opinion. I might be wrong. I don't know. Just look at Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols started declining after year 11. Trout's at year 10 now. So there is a perfect comp right there, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, You make a good point. So you would would accept that trade? Yes or no? Give me a yes or no, man. I would. yes Yes. Okay. So I'm How a Harper it? fan, and I, and I want Harper to have a better chance of winning a World Series. If you were the Red Sox, would you trade – how many years does Chris Sale have on his deal? Four. For Trout? Oh, four. Let's see. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make a, a, a deal for Trout to the Red Sox to see if that would work. God damn, you guys owe him a lot of money. <clears throat> Woo. We're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Luis, see si. good news, man. Yes. In, in my opinion, the New York Yankees, right now, not, you know, when the season started, maybe just not give, in two weeks from now, but right just in this give it, moment. Give it to me, man. I can't say it, man. It just it hurts. Come on. The New, the New York Yankees are, in my opinion, the pretenders right now. They're, they're, they don't Star belong. Star spreading the news. <laughs> They don't belong. Yankees are pretender. They don't belong in playoff contention right now. And I'm going wow. to give you three reasons why. All right. The first reason is their home away splits. I'm not even going to get to the other, the other point, the most important point yet. Their home away splits. At home, the Yankees have a 10 and 3 record, uh, which, aside from the Minnesota t- uh, Twins, is the best home record in baseball. Away, they have a six and eight record, which is the fifth worst of all playoff contending teams. So they're favored at home, maybe because their stadium is is better suited for home run hitting. I'm not sure. Same thing you could say for the Minnesota Twins. Yep. Um, so that's reason number one. They're they're super good at home, not so great away. The second reason is because against teams over 500, they're three and eight. Against teams under 500, wait. Why can't I do this? Let me just read it. Um, secondly, while continuing to look at the, the team splits, another damning statistic is the record against teams over 500. Currently, the Yankees are 3-8 and eight against teams over 500, the worst of all 16 uh, playoff contending teams. Against teams under 500, the Yankees are tied with the Chicago White Sox with the best record in baseball, 13-3. and three. So against teams under 500, over 500, they have the worst of all 16 teams against teams under 500. They have the best record in baseball. So 
A, they're great at home and they're great against bad teams. B, they're bad away and they're bad against good teams. So two reasons why they're damning. Another reason is last year you could have said it was an aberration. All the injuries, 30 players to the IL, that was a MLB record. And now it's continuing. Is it an aberration or is it just that their players can't stay healthy or, or don't have the, the ability to play an entire season without getting tired or exhausted or whatever the fuck? This year, Giancarlo Stan, Aaron Judge, Luis Severino, Zach Britton, Tommy Canely, James Paxton, Glaber Torres, DJ LeMahieu. That's just eight players Key players. Key, Key players, players, too. We're not Those even talking about Kyle Hagashioka, Avilan, who was in the IL. There's a whole bunch of players who have, who have landed on the IL for the Yankees. And I think that at some point, part of it is it's just bad luck. In other instances, it's just this is who you are. And I, I, it's, starting to, it's starting to look like this is who the Yankees are, especially for players like Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge and James Paxton and Luis Severino, who are always on the IL. And I'm not even throwing in Aaron Hicks, who started off the season on the IL, or Tanaka, um, or uh, Gary Sanchez, who spends a lot of time in the IL, too. You know, I, I don't know. This team is starting to concern me. I went into the season feeling super cocky, look at the old videos, and I'm starting to feel like, I don't know, man. I don't know if this team – I think they have the talent when healthy, but I, I don't know. I, I'm really questioning what this team has at this point. No, you know, and, and like – Talent-wise, they're they're one of the best teams in baseball, and I think we can agree that they're going to make it to the playoffs this season. Like, yeah, I, even with I mean, even with injuries, they still have to play. The problem is our division, besides the Rays, I think they could beat the Orioles, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays on any given night with their B team. So I think we can agree that the Yankees will make the playoffs. I wouldn't even be shocked if some of these players don't return to the season with a week left in the season mm-hmm. just to just to ramp up activities for the playoffs you know that could be that could be the approach they're taking um you already know my reason why i think all this is going on i think the yankees are cursed i think as time will pass on my theory will strengthen and i will be the first to have predicted the the curse that is currently upon us but no just just to just to keep it a little more serious um yeah i think it is bad because they fired their training staff Hired new ones, still got mm-hmm. injuries. Obviously, this could be just like at an individual level. Giancarlo Stan is injury prone. Aaron Judge is injury prone. Um, so then what do you do? What do you do now? Like, what's the what's the solution? Do you start trading away pieces and, and blow away the team? Do you ride it out and every year start off hot and then lose a player to injury and then next man up and Clint Frazier is still not a starter? Do you just bring Clint Frazier up and Duhar and let them become the everyday starters until, until, until they lose their spots to injury? Duhar, by the way, also on the IL last year. Clint Frazier spent time on the IL last year. It's just, it's, it doesn't even make sense. And, and at some, it, it's like, is it, are they really injured or are the Yankees just ultra cautious? They've always been super cautious. Are they being too cautious at this point? Because Aaron Judge said with the first calf injury that he was 100% that he could play through it. Did putting him on the IL and not letting him see time make it so that this time he actually got hurt? Or was he really hurt and now he just re-injured it? You know what I'm saying? Like, So has he, has he made a comment on the second time around? This time he hasn't said anything. If, okay. Uh, Brian Cashman said on like a fan call or something yesterday 
that he's going back on the IL, and this time it's going to be twice as long as the first time. So we're talking oh, wow. four weeks now. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, no. All jokes aside, I feel bad for guys like Aaron Judge, and, and we saw how exciting it is to watch him in in the game and hit home runs. Like that's that's as exciting as it gets. And he was on a what five home run game streak or seven home runs in seven games or something. He was beasting, that, man. that ridiculous number. So I, I gotta I'll, I'll just all jokes aside, like I, I'm upset if that's true that he'll be gone for another two weeks. I think that what I originally said when we recorded last time is that he made that statement that he he wanted to play through it just to just to kind of save face with the fans, and that he was he was destined for the IL regardless. Maybe what happened was that they rushed him back. Because I find it kind of odd. I mean, come on. This is just like, if we really believe in this curse thing, like the universe is just slapping him in the face. Like, get back it's on crazy. the IL. So you, you, you knew that you weren't going to come back. Like, stop trying, to, stop trying to play God. Get your ass back on the IL. Right. So I also don't think they're being overly cautious because they're no longer the number one team in, in the division. The, the Rays are the, the first place team. I think the Yankees would, would try to put the best team out there to secure that number one spot i know there's more spots available in the playoffs but that division leading spot gets the bye week in the in the or the bye series however you want to look at it so i don't think they're being too overly cautious there and i'm thinking so so real quick just to interrupt you despite having a five game losing streak they're five and five in the last 10 games they still have the same number of losses as the tampa bay rays so that's why i think they're being overly cautious is because this year with so many teams being in the postseason it's going to be hard not to make the postseason if you're a team like the Yankees. At the same time, however, the Toronto Blue Jays currently hold hold the uh, the eight the eight seed in the American League. They're only two games away from the Yankees. The, they're four and a half. So, yeah, they're they're two games behind the Yankees. So they're being overly cautious. But at the, I feel like they might be overly cautious. But at the same time, this could end up biting them in the ass because you're. You're two games away from the eight seed. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that this losing streak continues and, and they drop out of the playoff race altogether. And then at that point, you can't fuck around. Like, you have to try to win some games. So, here, so, so here's why I don't think they're being – here's why I don't think they're putting guys on the I.L. to be cautious. Yeah, I think they'll make the playoffs regardless, but I think it matters where they place in the season getting to the playoffs. So they're about to get into a series with the Mets. The problem mm-hmm. is too that there's all these double headers sprinkled in, oh so you God, know, so, so you know that even if some of these guys came back, they're going to be monitored. They're not going to be allowed to play the full 14 innings of the day. So they're about to face off with the Mets. They go back with Tampa Bay, which isn't going to be an easy series. Mets, Orioles, Orioles aren't a slouch anymore. I think they could still hit. I think they they're not a great team, but they can still hit. We just mentioned the Blue Jays are right there, so they're going to face the Blue Jays, Orioles, Blue Jays. Red Sox finally at Fenway because we have to play all these games at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> finally oh at God. Fenway. And that's the thing. A lot of these games are away. Away at, uh, let's see, home against the Rays. They played a lot home, of home games this year. Home, home against the Mets, home against the Rays. But after September 2nd, when they finished the series with the Rays at home, away to the Mets, away to the Orioles, away to the Blue Jays, home against the Orioles, home against the Blue Jays, away to the Red Sox, away to the Blue Jays, and they finish the season off against the Cinderella Story Miami Marlins. Mm. Away or home? Home. They're, the Yankees will be home. So I, I, I have to stop giving these organizations credit where they're kind of like, you know what, we can afford to ha- shelve these guys because we're, we're going to weather the storm. Because I, honestly, I think it's, it's, too, it's too risky. 
with the way things are looking. Yeah, I don't so, know, man. I personally think it's what I it's what I thought. Aaron Judge made the comment that he could have played through it because he didn't want to. He wanted to give the fans hope that this is just a, a little blip in the in the uh, in the season. But now it looks like they rushed him back. I think we'll see something in the future where Aaron Boone says, "In my opinion, we you know after looking at the test results, we rushed him back. Yeah, he should have stayed on the IL a little longer, maybe." And then John Carlos Stanton is another one. And the one that really shocked me is Glaber because he's the only one who didn't spend time on the IL last year of these star yeah. players. And now all of a sudden he's out three to six weeks. And he wasn't hitting well too before he went in the IL. Like he was and, the sh- and these injuries, it's not like they're getting plunked in the fucking head. They're it's running. Or you know what yeah. I mean? It's like stupid little injuries. I don't understand. It's like sleeping on the wrong side of the bed and your neck is like stiff. Didn't, or something like. didn't judge miss games because of a neck injury. Somebody missed games because their neck hurt or some shit. I think it was judge earlier this year. Probably. I mean, I I don't remember. I don't I don't understand what's going on, but I, I'm not I'm concerned. I'm concerned about it. I hope that they're just being overly cautious, um, but they could end up like I, like I keep saying, <clears throat> they're only two games behind the Blue Jays, three games in the loss column. The Blue Jays hold the eight seed. They're on the rise. I think your little theory about elevation in Buffalo could be panning out because some of these home runs that the Blue Jays are hitting. I don't know if you saw. When Juan Soto hit that bomb that almost went out the stadium like two yeah. weeks ago, moments later, uh, Teoscar Hernandez hit a bomb that was further than Juan Soto's in, in, in Toronto. Rowdy Tellis only has like five or six home runs, but all of them have been fucking shots. Like, no, it's insane home runs. I'm telling you, all, they, they rejuice the baseballs because all season long, I see guys out in front or maybe jammed up, and the ball ends up ricocheting off the wall as it was. Exit velocity, exit yeah. velo, like 110 miles per hour. It's ridiculous, man. Even even um, Fernando Tatis, I saw a replay yesterday, a home run he hit. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, Or even that grand juice, slam man. that he hit, the, the grand slam last week. He just he chased an outside fastball and kind of just slapped it over the wall. Like It almost felt like he wasn't even trying to hit a home run. Dude, anyway. one, of the guy, one of the guys, just to sprinkle in this thing here, one of the guys that I love so far seeing hit home runs this year is Miguel Sano. He's hit. He, oh my God. His homers, hits, they're violent. I'm telling you, man. And it's crazy how Giancarlo Stanton and Judge are like the, I think they're the only, and like Vlad are the only guys to have hit like 121 exit velo. Yeah. I don't understand what else Miguel Sano has to do because I saw him hit a home run the other day that probably lasted all but maybe like one and a half seconds in the air. It was a line drive home run and the exit velo was like 114 miles per hour. It's like, what else does this guy have to do to reach that 120 realm of, of stack cast? Exit velo, it's crazy. Wow, so, so wait, so the max exit velo this season it says is Rowdy Tellez one seventeen point four. But didn't Stanton hit a hit a home run in the beginning of the season? I could have sworn his was like one eighteen, one nineteen. The one that he hit in uh, Minnesota, I think it was. Something's not right here because it's also saying that the the max distance home run is Ronald Ronald Acuna four sixty four seventy three, but Stanton's was four eighty three. Are you sure? I thought Stanton's was like 462 or something. I thought maybe you're looking maybe you're looking at National League and maybe you're looking at like the recent week or something. But Miguel Sano, like I, I've seen it, I've seen him hit some violent home runs. Yeah. They're not 120 exit velo. I don't understand like what he has to do <laughs> to get to that point. Let me see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even see Stanton's name on here. Maybe he doesn't qualify or some shit. I'm thinking that ah, you're looking at that's what it you, is. You have a filter on there. 
All right, let's let's redo this rock quick, bro. Still, how many how many uh batted ball events has uh Stan had? Twenty five. That's really low. Giancarlo Stan hit hit one four eighty three. Max exit velo this season is Giancarlo one twenty one point three. Uh, unless if I just do one, let me see. This is entertaining uh podcasting here. Yeah. Mm. So Stan has the only ball that won 120. Uh, then it's let me see, let me see where Sano. Sano is ninth. His max is 115.8. But let's look at average. He might be tops in average. If we look at average exit velo, Miguel Sano is 11th. Crazy. Hard hit percentage. Let's see that. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I don't see Stan's name either. What? What am I? It's oh, your minimum. 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 Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right, so then we have, yep, Stanton. Where's my boy? Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, with balls hit 95 miles per hour or more has the most with 57 in baseball. I love that fucking guy, man. Yeah. So no is 136th with 25. He only he only has 25. That's surprising. Barrels? Uh, hard hit. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm gonna tell you, I, I've seen Miguel Sano hit the ball like murder the ball. Yeah, one fifteen, which is amazing. But the fact that Stan has been able to consistently reach Stanton, Gary Sanchez, Aaron Judge, Vlad Jr., they've already hit like multiple one twenties. It's like, what else does this guy have to do? <laughs> yep. Wow, Joe Joe Adele one fifteen point five. Really, that guy for a uh, uh, for a, a distance. Uh, I don't get it. I don't know how to read this baseball savant thing, but it's all right. All right, man. Let's move on. Let's move on to the the star of the show here, the midseason awards. Most teams at this point have played at least 30 games. Some teams haven't because of cancellation, so on and so forth. So we want to give out our midseason awards. Uh, We're just going to do MVP Cy Young for both leagues. I don't know if you want to throw something else in there. It's up to you. Nope. All right. You want to go first? Who's your AL MVP? My AL MVP. It's kind of hot in these rhinos. Oh, no. Now the camera's on me. (laughs) AL MVP. You got this, man. I want to go. For me, it's Brandon Lau. Is that how you say his name or Low? Duh, Lau or Lau? That that would be the obvious choice. He's like the he's like the most consistent, obvious. He's, he's a beast. This it's season. just the Rays are so boring, man. Like, <laughs> no, they're so, and fuck. they're so boring. And this is kind of offensive, but so is he. Like, let's be let's be honest. <laughs> he's really boring, but he's fucking great. He's he's I don't know, man. Uh, like. I got to agree because a guy, Judge would have been my choice the way that he started off. Yeah, yeah. But he's been he's missed so much time already. You got to go with Brandon Lau or Brandon Lowe. Let me see. I'm going to look it. his pronunciation up real quick. Brandon rhymes with now. Lau. Okay. All right. That's weird because same, same spelling, other players, you pronounce it low. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Brandon Lau has had a monster season. If, if you're following just fan graphs, he's tops in the AL with a 1.9 war, 
Fuck that shit, though. Let's just look at his traditional stats. 296, 397, 676 slugging. He has 10 home runs, 27 RBI. Um, wow, they have stat cast numbers on fan graphs now, too. Exit Velo, 89.3. I don't know why that helps. But anyway, he's a run creator, 188, 188 WRC+. That's a, that's a stat I love to use. For those of you who don't know, um, why do I have minimum plate appearances? Zero. Let's say 50 plate appearances. I want to see where he ranks in WRC+. Plus. He is seventh in baseball. Juan Soto has a 231 WRC+. Plus. God damn. Jesus. My God. Mitch Moreland is second with a 228 WRC+. Plus. He's a Try run baby. creator this season. What Trey, is he taking? Trey Peace. Trey Peace. Could you, could you maybe let us know what Mitch Moreland is taking this season? Like, where where is this coming from? All of maybe he's just a guy that performs on every odd year or every even year. One of those guys. Maybe he just can't handle the pressure of of a winning season or something. I don't know. I don't know how you go from from batting a career two fifty three batting average to to three fifty a career uh, four fifty slugging, and you have an eight seventeen slugging this season. You just just relax, man. Shit does not make sense. I want to know not- what Mitch Moreland is taking. Rob Manfred, I'm 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 uh, releasing you on this one to go find out what Mitch Moreland is taking. Go put go go investigate him like you did a Rod. Damn. So who's your MVP? I'm gonna have to agree with you, Brandon Lyle. I can't think of anyone else who comes close to him because you look at Trout. Trout's kind of had like so far. He hit a lot of home runs, but he's not putting up the Trout-like numbers. Uh, you know who my number two would be? And it's kind of tied here. Uh, my number two would be, we were going to record this on Tuesday and we didn't because of some issues. I wrote down Nelson Cruz and then Jose Abreu's last two weeks have been fucking like, they don't even make sense. No, yeah, you're right. But you know what? Another MVP candidate is Shane Beaver. When you look at, when you look at the, yeah, when you look at the numbers that he's putting up. See, that's the problem. Like, should we? No, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't want to go there. I know where you're going. Should we? I, the I Cy know. Young is like the MVP. But you're right. Like, a pitcher can be an MVP. You know what I mean? Yeah. I so, think so maybe we should rename the award. Like, it should be the Offensive Player of the Year or something. You know what I mean? Well, that's kind of like what the Hank Aaron Award is, is. I know, but nobody makes a big deal about the Hank Aaron Award or, or a Silver Slugger. You know what I mean? Damn, I mean, I, I, like, uh, I, like, I like the award. I like yeah. it too, but... You always talk about MVP. MVP is the most valuable player. So to me, like the most valuable player on the Yankees right now is Garrett Cole. Yeah, even though he hasn't been Garrett Cole, he's, and still he's good, been though. great. But he's yeah, he's, he's been great. A lot of home runs. Yeah. All right, Cy Young in the American. Do we need? Do we even need to, need to talk about this? Cy Young. I mean, it's clear. Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber, man. Shaney Bieber. Incredible. Yeah, man. Um. Single-handedly destroying our fantasy league. Oh my god! Giving someone a certain uh, surplus of points every week. Insane. Can he continue this till the end? And where did he where did he go in our draft? I think he can. I think he's shown that he's the real deal. Where did he go in our draft? I will tell you right now. Second round, fourth pick. Wow! I took Bryce Harper. <clears throat> Deathstroke to Shane Bieber. Could be a steal, man. Who did I who did I take in the first round? I took Ronald Acuna. 
Ronald Acuna, and then you followed up with Trevor Story, which is a good pick. That was a good pick. He's having a good year. Yeah. Damn, man. The Mobs took Cody Bellinger first round, then took Shohei Otani. <laughs> Two players that have Oof. not panned out in 2020. Um, okay, so Shane Bieber, no question about it. I just want to highlight real quick um, Zach Greinke. Hasn't given up a home run this year. He's straight up not giving a fuck now. Like, he's just calling out pitches as he's throwing them. And, yeah, his 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 ERA is a two two nine. His expected FIP is 3.93. So, there's supposed to be a course correction here at some point if you follow these stats. Um, but, goddamn, he's good, man. Yeah, Zach He's Grinke. getting better with age. Yeah, Zach, you saw he threw like a 54-mile-per-hour EFIS pitch the other yeah, day? Yeah, man. And he Fucking called crazy. it. He said he... He it was one of those where he couldn't agree with his catcher. He said, this is what I'm going to throw. He threw it, and the guy, I don't even think he swung at it. He just looked at it. Damn, man. Lance Lynn, also a candidate for Cy oh Young. God. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan Bundy's having a phenomenal season. Him as well, yep. Dylan goddamn Bundy. Jesus Christ. Um, and Kenta Maeda almost threw a no-hitter until I uh, <laughs> dropped, dropped the Fuku bomb on him. What an asshole. My bad. Uh, but I tried on Lucas Giolito, and it didn't work. But then again, Giolito's owned by the luckiest guy in our league. So I um, hope you're listening. I'm just stating facts. Um, all right, National League MVP. So, okay, this is, this is tough because there are several guys who are playing out of their minds right now. Um, Truth. I wanted to go with Fernando Tatis because he's five-tool all around. But the Padres are also a hot team right now. He's one of the main reasons. I, I'll, I'll admit. But my original pick in, in preseason was that Bryce Harper would go on to win the MVP. And I'm sticking to that midseason Ooh. award. Bryce <laughs> Harper. Um, I, think he ch- I think he checks off all the offensive stats that we're looking at when it comes to a uh, MVP season. Manny, what do you think? I would agree with uh, – I don't agree that he's the MVP, but I agree that he's having a monster season, MVP caliber season. So, um, yeah, and honorable mention, and maybe if he played just as many games as Bryce Harper and Fernando Tatis, but Juan Soto, man, to oh me is the best hitter in baseball. Hands down, to me, is the I best hitter in baseball. Yeah. This is, I think we talked about this recently. Like when, when this generation of players that we've been following for 10, 15, 20 years, Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, um, Justin Verlander, so on and so forth. When all those guys go away, I always get these feeling, this feeling. Like I remember growing up watching Jeter and thinking like when Jeter retires, like who am I going to, who am I going to follow? Like, yep. There's always somebody there. And I don't know if it's just me being, a uh, a, a fan of the moment and just being overly excited about some of these players. But I said this to you, I think earlier this season, I feel like the talent coming up in baseball now is more exciting than it's been in a really long time for me. Like I think in the, in the two thousands there, uh, when Pujols came up, it was almost Pujols, And then it was kind of hard to find who, who the guy, who the other guy was like Miggy was there for a little bit, but I feel like he didn't make people all that excited until he won that triple crown. Uh, about five or six years ago. But this this time, I mean, Fernando Tatis, Mookie Betts, you know, guys like Trevor Story, Manny Machado's on fire now, Bryce Harper, Trent Grisham is looking really good for the Padres, Juan Soto, 
Um, we need Vlad Jr. to step up, man. We need, to, we need I, him to start stepping up. Yeah, I think he will. But I'm, I'm talking in circles here. Last, when we were going to talk on Tuesday, my pick was going to be... My pick was going to be Bryce Harper on Tuesday. Today, like it. it's Fernando Tatis Jr. And I agree. I love this kid, man. Yep. That's it, man. I don't even know what to say. I have nothing oh. else to say. I love this kid. You want to talk about his uh, his Jordan moment? His logo Jordan moment? What about it? <laughs> Maybe that's a good time to, you know, put it up in the... In the oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that picture and I was like, yo, this is a time for baseball to like find the silhouette of this. I'll put the picture up um, and make a sneaker out of this shit. Like market this kid because he's good looking. He has those dreads that they, they're 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 all they, he looks good on him. They're, they're really, you know, he's stylish. He has swagger. He can hit the ball a thousand feet. He plays elite defensive defensively and. He started, I feel like he, if it wasn't for that Slam Diego moment last week against uh, whoever was, the, uh, I guess the Rangers, they ended up going on a five-game Grand Slam streak. They have walk-offs, it seems like, almost every night. They're the most exciting team to watch in baseball right now, and I feel like it was spurred on by that moment and the league having Fernando Tatis's back. Um, and I think this is the kind of player, him and Juan Soto specifically, this, these are the kinds of players that can – Save baseball if they're marketed the right way, in my opinion. Hmm. Yep. Not not with a sixty home run chase, just with who they are, their you know their personalities. Like get the cameras on these guys as much as you can. No, yeah, I would agree, man. And uh, I think that do Dominican. We, by the way. Uh, yeah, I think I think we gotta just just revisit how stupid that whole no swinging on three and L thing was yeah. like, and how, and how, how dumb that's going to look towards the end of the season. Yeah. When, Fern when Fernando Tatis does win the NL MVP, like, and by the way, he goes and steals third the next day. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy, bro. Like, I, and, I, <laughs> and, I, and I, and I already, and I said, like, even though I don't agree with the three O swing unwritten rule, I kind of do agree with the stealing bases rule. I had, I had my reasons for that, but regardless, like give that guy the green light to do whatever the fuck he wants to do for the rest of his life. He's a superstar, um, and we are spoiled. We're spoiled to have guys like that in the league. Oh, yeah. Honestly. And the pitching, too, which, by the way, Cy Young. Who's your Cy Young? All right. So my Cy Young make me eat, making me eat my words from a couple weeks ago when I said, what's the big deal with this guy? He's starting to think he's just another Noah Syndergaard. I have a tie for my Cy Young. It's either Trevor Bauer, mm. who's the guy that I was comparing to Noah Syndergaard a couple, a couple weeks ago, or Max Fried. Max Fried hasn't given up home run yet. Trevor Bauer is leading the league in, in uh, hits per nine, which I think is like one of the greatest stats you can judge a pitcher by. He barely mm -hmm. gives up hits. Uh, he's also leading the league in strikeouts per nine. So, I mean, that National League, my bad. Because I think it'd be Shane Bieber on the other, on the other end. So, uh, splitting hairs here, I'm going Trevor Bauer, man, just because he, he made me eat my words recently. I think that Bauer is one of these guys that he's he's overrated because of his social media pre presence, but he's underrated because of how unpredictable his stats have been year in and year out. But 
But one of the things that I appreciate about Bauer is that there's no question in my mind that he studies the game. He's mm-hmm. constantly studying the game and trying to make it better. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he's having the best season of his career so far. I think that he was figuring it out while he's, you know, under control, under contract control. He's not a free agent. And I think now he's putting out all his best stuff. And I think this is who he's going to be for the foreseeable future, in my opinion. So last, when we were going to talk on Tuesday, I was going to pick Bauer or you, Darvish. Those are my picks. But I think today, after looking further, I think I'm going to stick with my original pick. I think Jacob deGrom is, is, uh, wow. is the Cy Young. He has a 12... He has a 12.60 K per nine rating. He doesn't give up home runs. Um, he has, a, okay, he has the best war of pitchers in the National League. Hmm. A 1.80 ERA, one point, an even better FIP. And his ex-FIP, his expected FIP, is not that much higher. So I think this is who he really is. And, yeah, I love Jacob DeGrom. And I just think that the Mets, when he pitches, they just fucking, they don't even try. They're just like, ah, DeGrom is there. We're probably going to win this game. And that's why they end up not winning games. Yeah, no, Jacob DeGrom is a beast. Uh, and I don't think he gets the appreciation he deserves. I just want to point out Max Fried currently leads the league in ERA and ERA plus. Also hasn't given up a home run, like you said about Zach Greinke. Um Five wins, too. But he plays for the Braves, which are yeah. a better team than the Mets and the Reds. By the way, the Reds, man, you convinced me that these guys were – Contenders and I and I agree. No, I had agree, man, because they're pitching. Sonny Gray's having a Cy Young type of season as well. Yeah. So I agreed with all that. And like now I turn around, they they they're not so hot. Like they're not performing as I thought they would. But they won their last two games, and I th- who did they face? I think Milwaukee it, was in Milwaukee within the within their division. Yeah. Let me see where they would be right now. They're not. They're not seated currently. But they're not that far off. They're behind the – I think they would be behind the Phillies at this point by hmm. three games in the loss column. So, I don't know. I still think – I mean, the Nationals came back last year from a sub-500 record. I still I still like Cincinnati. I still – you know, Castellano started off really hot. I think he's cooled off. You still have Eugenio Suarez. You still have Votto. Um, you have Luis Castillo is having a really good season. Um, he's with Cincinnati, right? Luis Castillo? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have Cast- you have a rotation the problem, that in- the, pro- the problem was that he got traded in our fantasy league for Christian oh. Yelich. I might have thrown you off. So look that rotation in the postseason, even if they get the eight seed, you're gonna face Trevor Bauer probably first or Sonny Gray. Then you know, inter interswap one and two, Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray. And you have Luis Castillo as your third starter. That's that's I mean you couldn't ask for a better one, two, three punch. That's like Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, and Tom Glavin. Maybe not as good, but mm-hmm. you know, you know what I'm saying. Yep. And um, I don't know if any other team has a one, two, three punch. <clears throat> excuse me, one, two, three punch like that. You have the Dodgers with Clayton Kershaw, followed by Walker Bueller, and then who would it be? Dustin May after that. With the Dodgers. Yeah. With the Yankees, it would be Cole. Masahiro Paxton, if they're healthy, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see another rotation that that that's that that's that's that you know deadly. Maybe the Indians, uh, Shane Bieber, followed by Carlos Carrasco, maybe followed by the Indian and the Indian McKenzie. The Indians McKenzie. Uh, called the McKenzie the other day. He pitched lights out. That would be a good one. Yeah. 
I'm trying to look at because I think they have another starter that I'm forgetting. The Indians, Beaver Carrasco. No, they had well uh, Clevenger. Depending on what happens with Clevenger, and hmm. Plesac was having a good season before. Oh my God, what are the Indians doing with Plesac, man? Like, should I just drop him? <laughs> it seems like it seems like they're just doing it to teach him a lesson. I think I think that the whole issue gave Tristan McKenzie the opening to come up. I don't think they wanted to call him up this soon, and he he was lights out. So there's no room for him right now. How's how's uh I don't know how to pronounce these names, guys. So I'm sorry. Aaron Savale or Cavale, I don't know, and Adam Plutko. How are they doing? Wait, Adam Plutko came back? I don't know. He was supposed to start the season. I drafted him and all right. So this guy <sighs> over here, they don't even pronounce it for me. So maybe I'm just done. Savale, I don't know. Maybe I'm done. He's having a three, he has a three and three record, a three fifteen ERA, one point oh two five whip. So I mean, where who are you gonna replace for Zach Plezak at this point? That's the thing that I they they said that they they don't have room for him right now, so he hasn't been called back. But what 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 where was the room? Who did you replace him with? Replace him with that guy? Like fuck, <laughs> trade him. So do you want to do a rookie of the year so far? Um, I'm not too I'm not too familiar. When we first spoke about this, Luis Robert would have been my. I'm uh, still I'm still for Luis Robert, and if you look at Bomb's numbers too, they're not like sexy or anything. I think he only has one home run, but he's hitting a ton. He he's hitting uh four he's hitting 317 with a 417 on base, 463 slugging. Um he looks like a natural hitter. So I would give it to Bomb and, and Roberts. Yeah, I would say Bomb is a good candidate. I'm looking at Kyle Lewis from the Mariners. Beast. Five yeah, yeah. Five twenty two, six thirty-three, nine fifty-seven. Damn. He's dominating right now. Um, and then Jake Cronenworth from the Padres. Yeah. He, also putting up a nice season. Recently and I was going to pick him up and somebody took him already. Yeah. I didn't have a, I didn't have a good waiver uh, slot to pick him up, but I guess the person that dropped him did it because all the, he missed, I guess it was already like four games in a row that he hadn't played because of the recent uh, protests. And then before that, what was the reason before that? Because the other remember. team had, was it that they were about to play the Mets or something? Like, I don't know. I have- who knows? Hey, we're a baseball podcast. And that's right. Cronenworth. Uh, <laughs> Dustin May, is he considered a rookie? Yeah. Even though Definitely. he started, he played 14 games last year. I don't know. Dustin May is another option. 279 ERA. Dustin May played 14 games last year? As a reliever. Started four games, appeared it must, in 14. Ah, it must be like an innings thing for him. So I don't, I don't know what the limits are on that. That's confusing with baseball for me. All right. Yeah, so, he, he's, a, he's, he's still a rookie. So who's your final rookie of the year? Who are you picking? AL. Uh, yeah, AL, give me, what's it called, Kyle Lewis. Yeah, that's not a bad pick, man. I was going to go Luis Robert, like, without a doubt, but you have to when go we Kyle first, Lewis. When we first spoke about it, Luis Robert had just came off of, like, some dominating yeah. performances. Kyle Lewis is the most recent. We're, we're just a more recent yeah. type of podcast you know we only we we latch on to the to the headlines yeah right we're trendy we're about we don't trends. know we don't know how to formulate our own opinions here hell no fuck that tell me what to think <laughs> um and then the national league uh we went just give me i'm gonna go alec Baum because i've seen him play i haven't really seen cronenworth play as much but it would seem like cronenworth is putting up the better season so far yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go cronenworth just to mm. 
because I don't even consider him. For some reason, that name Cronenworth sounds like an old man, so I felt like he's been in the league for a long Cronen- time. Cronenworth sounds like the Coneheads movie, like, hey, the Cronenworths. Like, yeah, he's almost. He's also almost twenty-seven years old, man. Ooh, what a crime, man! That to me, that's 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 a crime. In my opinion, that's a crime. Twenty-seven years old. By the time he's a free agent, if he continues playing like this, he'll be in his. He'll be well into his thirty. He'll be thirty-two years old, essentially. What are you gonna give mm. a guy that's thirty-two years old? It's not fair. Yeah, I would have to agree with you, my friend. All right. So that was it. That was your midseason awards. Uh, we'll be back next week, I hope, on time. Um, that's it. Leave us a comment. Subscribe. Yeah. Uh, in case you out there listening, whoever you are on our YouTube channel defending the Astros, dude, relax. Like, come on the show. <laughs> come on the show and talk to us. But relax with all that shit. It's not Wikipedia. I don't want to read through all that shit. I just had to throw that in there because you got some, you know, just go, and, I, go, to, go to our Altuve, go to what happened to our Altuve video and read the comments. And you guys tell me if I'm out of line for telling this guy to shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm going to go. Life. I'm going to go the, the whole way. Come on the show. I'm inviting you to yeah, come yeah. on. And, and I think you have your own channel because you, you put the link up there somewhere. So. You want to do a cross a cross situation here and try to you know I'll set I'll put I'll I'll step aside I'll give you the mic you can argue against uh, Luis here he can hold his own yeah you moderate you'll moderate I'll moderate yeah all right there's your invite follow our channel hit that subscribe button comment follow the show at WT the show follow me at Manigo three follow him at Hova Mojo that's it peace out everybody peace.